Do you have some minor control issues inside the salon? And by minor, I mean major, because we're going to talk about that all on today's show. Salon owners are some of the most amazing people on planet Earth. The only problem is sometimes their hearts are so big and they give so much of themselves to their staff and guests that it creates unintended consequences. Our goal is to change the industry by elevating the way the rest of the world sees salons, spas, and barbershops and give it the credibility that it truly deserves. This is the Salon Owner Evo Revo Show. Today's podcast is brought to you by Salon Scale, allowing you to charge by what you know, not by what you feel. Dangity dang old dang. What's up, Doug? Good to have you on this morning. Good to see you. How's it going, man? Doing all right? Dude, dude it's doing good. It's doing good. I've been on this rant and this rampage, however you want to say it, uh, for the last couple of weeks. And I, I just, you know, how do I outsource things? We were talking about this last week on the show, right? How do you outsource parts of your life? And somebody hit me in the face with a really good question yesterday uh, on our Million Dollar Salon and Spa Program call. And by the way, uh, do me a favor. In the comments section below, uh, type in what city you're on the line from, where you're watching, so that we know. We'd love to find out more about you and where you are in the country, in the world, in which country. I'd love to know. Do me a favor, type that in below. But I was in the Million Dollar Salon Spa Program um, implementation call, Doug. And, um, you know, that call is specifically designed to help people get to their first million dollars as a salon owner. So if you want to hit a million dollars, do me a favor and put one M in the comment section because I want to help more salons get to a million dollars faster, better, quicker, all those good things. Uh, and with profit, by the way. Um, but somebody asked the question, they said, Doug, they said, I'd love to get things off my plate, but I'm just such a control freak. Do you have any advice for me? <laughs> and I was like, oh man, that is the topic, right? We were just chatting about this. And I think between you and I, I think we've got some really, really helpful things. I want to give you a little bit of the tips that I gave yesterday, but I want to explore it even a little bit further today on the podcast, because I think this question, uh, is just magical. And by the way, this is, uh, Rosie who asked this question. Rosie from Roseville, this is actually down the street from us. So I was glad, I was glad to have somebody on from Northern California. I was glad to have her on. So Rosie, thanks for the question. Um, and Doug, man, this is a topic, right? How many salon owners do you meet when we're doing coaching that you find are control freaks and they can't get things out of their way and they want to do it all on their own? How many of those people do you encounter? A, a lot. I mean, that's always the resistance. Is like Because it's like yeah. <clears throat> they, they don't necessarily want to do it all on their own. <clears throat> it's just that they... Yeah. They don't feel they can, I think it's a trust issue. They they don't trust anybody to do it because maybe they, they handed right. something off at some point in time, <clears throat> but obviously probably not in the right way and it didn't work. So they come back to, okay, I have to do it. If I want it done right, I need to do it. Right. Um, you know, and then stuff in the back because these idiots just can't seem to get it. So I need to do it. <laughs> so I'll always be stuck doing it. And they're right. They kind of end up that hopeless spot, right? It's like, yeah. But, the problem is, it's good news and bad news. The problem is, it's in their own head. Um, right. The reason that's good news is because that's the only thing you've got power over to really change is what's in your own head and what you sure. do. Uh, you can try to yeah. control other people how you want to. It's not going to work. Um, but yeah, so you can start getting that headspace right. And then we're going to talk about a few things today that should be helpful for that. Yeah, and I think there's a couple of things. I think there's two things. There's, there's some strategy that you get to implement. We're going to talk in the first part of the podcast today all about the strategy and how do you actually do some things that I think would make a huge difference in delegating more tasks. So if you want help delegating, do me a favor and say delegating. And then this, and I'll tell you kind of what I said. And then, Doug, you said something really strong about kind of like what's the mindset you got to overcome 
to get that stuff accomplished. Because it's one thing to know the strategy. It's another thing to get the implementation. We talk about that all the time inside the academy is like, look, we can tell you what to do, but it's not going to amount to anything unless you actually get it implemented. And so I think what the secret sauce for what we do at the academy is, is we don't just give you the strategy. We give you the strategy and help you get out of your own way. How many of you know that you are your own worst enemy? If that's you, do me a favor and comment enemy in the chat, because I think that's what will get uh, that's what will get you. That's what will trip you up. That's what will stress you out. So can let's let's talk about the strategy first, Doug, and let's talk about how to implement it. Cool. Yep. So I think there's two things. Uh, there's something you need to know when any, anytime you're trying to give a task to somebody else. Yes, there could be a level of trust. Yes, you can do all those things. But I think to your point, Doug, there's a there's a way mentally that people typically hand off tasks, and this is what it looks like. And you guys will have to tell me if this if this resonates with you. Is that you go? Oh, uh, let me show you how to do it. And congratulations, the task is yours, right? Like, hey, Doug, let me show you how to put this in the software real quick. You just go here, 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 here. That's how you do it. Okay, you got it. And you go, and, and Doug, the, the ever diligent employee goes, yep, I got it. Thanks, I'm good to go. And then like two days later, they go to do said task. And then all of a sudden they're like, ah, crap. I don't remember what uh, Doug or what Jason said the other day. And uh I'm stuck and so I'm gonna figure it out or I'm gonna go back to Jason and ask how to do it again. And then, you know, Jason or the owner says, ah, you're incompetent. You don't know what to do. It's just easier if I do it myself because I already trained you on it. I'm wasting my time. Now I have to do it again. It takes just as much time to tell you how to do it as it did to tell you the first time. Now you're wasting my time. Now you have the problem. Sound familiar? Oh yeah, now I'm frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm frustrated, now I'm mad. So, so let's talk about this. There's a difference between what's called delegation, which is what we're talking about creating now delegation and something called abdication abdication super important uh and by the way delegation means to give someone a task instructions for the task and a time frame timetable and you follow up with them in order to figure out how it works like there's a lot to delegation it's not just give somebody a task what most people think of the word delegation is actually something called abdication. It means to relinquish or give over a throne. So like if you were a king or a queen, it was where you're like, I'm the king, but now congratulations, Doug, you're the king, you're in charge, congratulations, I'm out of here, right? So abdica abdication literally means to give over all the responsibility, all of everything, just you're in charge now, see ya, bye, I'm out of here. And that's what a lot of people do is they're like, look, I was doing inventory, but now you're in charge, Doug, do it better than me, go. And as we heard the other day and talked about last week is that sometimes the thing that you're the best at will be your Achilles heel to outsource or to give over to somebody else because you know, you'll know you be the judgiest of it, right? So if you're a salon owner and you work behind the chair and you're uh, giving over your clients, you're like, oh God, but nobody does the clients better than me. If I want it done right, I gotta do it on my own. You know, uh, they're, They love me too much. If you can relate to this, do me a favor and comment, relate, right? Because I think that happens very often. So how do you get out of delegation or how do you get out of abdication and move to delegation? So I think there's a couple of things and, and we've talked about this, Doug, in uh, the Academy as a training process. And I wanna give you guys four steps uh, on how you can actually properly train somebody and then delegate a task to them, okay? So what most people do, we already know, is that number one, they, it's called I do, you watch, meaning the trainer does it and the trainee watches so i do you watch that's kind of like step one most people do that one and then most people jump to step four in the process if anything so i'll kind of hold these up so you got it so step one is i do you watch and then step four in the process is you do i watch 
So maybe, maybe if we're lucky, they say, okay, Doug, here, I'm going to show you how to train on this software. I'm going to show you how to do a consultation. I'm going to show you how to whatever. And then show me that you understand it. And then you're like, yeah, I can do it in the five minutes right after I showed you how to do it. You know how to do it. Congratulations, right? And we go, okay, sufficiently trained, right? And we, we dust our hands and we walk away, right? So again, that's, that's actually step one and four. But what are these two middle steps? Because the two middle steps are usually missing. So first one is called, I do, you watch. Second step is actually called, I do, you help. So I do, you help. What that means is if, and again, I'll just use software as a, as a training protocol on here. If I show you how to do something on the software and I, I walk you through how to schedule an appointment, then the next thing I'm gonna do is, I'm gonna schedule the appointment and I'm gonna do all the clicking, but I want you to explain to me, maybe using the notes that you made, how to actually do it. So you tell me what to do and I'll be the safety mechanism and I'll click through the actual appointment and you can explain to me how to do it. So you're helping me do the activity, okay? That would be an I do, you help, okay? Then step number three in this process is called you do, I help. So maybe they're at the control of the keyboard and mouse and we're gonna have them do, and then I'm going to help. So maybe I'll sit over their shoulder and say, all right, go ahead, you you click and I'll, uh, I'll help out and jump in if necessary, okay? So I'm gonna watch them click through and go, okay, now click this. Yep, you got that, now click this. All right, great, you're doing awesome, now click this. And now I've actually watched them do it. Now this is a basic example. You might go, Jason, this is really simple. That's okay. But I want you to notice in each of those scenarios, there's help involved. Either the trainee is helping or you as the trainer is helping the trainee get it done. And then the very last step is you do, I watch. That means with no feedback or input from me whatsoever, I just watch to show that you're confident and can do it. Now, Doug, does that mean we can do that all in one session and we're good to go? it's all been transferred and done or how do, how do we determine the length of how much time needs to be done in each of those steps? Yeah. I mean, so one, I think you got to start off with, like we talked about is how much am I handing over at once? Cause I think that's the classic thing. People hand over way too much in the first chunk. And so it's totally. hard to, it could take you a long time if you're going to do that process with a bit like, you know, let's take inventory. If I was going to hand over all of inventory, if I got to show you every step, every aspect of every line that we carry and expect you to get that, it's going to take a lot. There's going to be a lot more time spent on those middle two steps of totally. I do, you help, or me help, and you do. Um, yeah. It's going to take a lot. However, if you shrunk it down, and this you know, I'm, I'm be a little absurd to, to make a point, but you went down <laughs> and said, if I just made, um, it, you just do men's shampoo. You, you handle and manage the inventory for men's shampoo. Yep. So that's very small, very manageable. I could show you and you could help me do it. And then I, and we could get that done in a week probably. And, right. you, and then I'll let you go on that. And then, but think about the important thing about that is, is give somebody a small task, get them some wins that helps their confidence. Now then they're willing to take more. Wherever right. the, the thing, people do most of the time they hand off way too much okay i want you to do inventory i want you to do i want you to do social media here's that you you just handle that little thing called social right so you know here here's all our access to all of our social media you handle it and then i come back a couple weeks what are you doing i don't understand why why don't we have this why don't we have that because it was way too much and what you did is you set them up for failure because you put them in way too big of a game way too quick you know shrink it down Start them off small, get them some wins. So all the process that we just talked about, the four steps, get them some wins underneath their belts. 
And then they will start asking for more because they're going to feel good about it. They're going to feel confident. They're going to go, I can do this. So then you ease them up more. And then what I think the good thing that happens with your brain then too is like, okay, it is possible for me to hand things off to people. Totally. Uh, And really the magic of it that starts is because even though you think you're the best at doing it, you can handle it. Where if you get good at, (coughs) excuse me, handing them some of those things off, the other person may actually do it better. And that's a big day. So when we come back, because we got to take a quick break, Doug, when we come back, we're going to talk about how do you get this stuff implemented in the salon? How do we make sure that you actually give them these bite-sized tasks like we're talking about? There's a couple strategies to do that. All when we come back after this quick commercial break. Be right back. Hey, HPSA listeners. Let me ask you this. Are you tired of not knowing what your hair color is costing you on every appointment and watching it chew up your profit? Well, with Salon Scale, we take the guesswork out for you. Using a mobile app paired with a Bluetooth scale, Salon Scale will tell you exactly what your color is costing you on every bowl mix down to the ground. As you mix, Salon Scale will also digitally store your formulas and track how much product is being used in real time. So you can manage your inventory, cover your expenses, and generate more profit in your salon. Use promo code HPSA10 to get 10% off an annual subscription. Salon Scale, the new standard for mixing color. Speaking of handing off small things, right? Speaking of handing off small things, I think it's a great way to use it. Uh, if you use something like Salon Scale, give them a piece of something. Don't give them the whole task. It can be overwhelming, right? The way trust is built inside a salon is by making and keeping agreements. Now, what that also means, right, trust is built by making and keeping agreements, is don't give somebody an agreement that's too big that they know that they can't keep it, right? It's like if you go to a restaurant, have you ever been to one of those restaurants and you have like a table of 10 people and the waiter or waitress doesn't write down the order and you're like, they're going to screw something up. I know it. I know they're going to do it because you gave them too much. And there's always that one waiter or waitress who wears like a badge on her. Don't worry. I'll get it right. I'll get it right. And then they still forgot that so-and-so on your in your party wants the you know dressing on the side and they try to wear it like a badge of honor because nobody's going to say I can't do it. So the thing really becomes making and keeping agreements is about shrinking the space. Doug, you were talking about this, shrinking the space. So performance increases, right? Is if you can give them a small task and they can deliver for you, then the next time give them a bigger task, like give them Instagram first, then give them Facebook, then give them TikTok, then give them access to the website. Then it's like, it's always about saying, let me give you a small task. I know we can create a win, celebrate that win, and then give you another task of very, of better proportion because I've seen you execute. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, cause they're going to want to uh, impress you or make you happy. So if you give them too much, they're not going to say no because they don't want to seem like they're, okay. you know, can't do it or they're, they're, you know, not qualified or whatever, maybe going through it. So they're going to agree to something. And you're like, well, you agreed to it. It's like, yeah. But yeah, I think you, know, you got to have that bigger vision. It's like, yeah. look, I want to give you something that I feel confident that you can get to. I'll get somewhere. It's a new area, something new and different. I'll walk you through a training process, get you some wins in this area. And I mean, you don't have to say it to them like that. This is what the dialogue needs to be going yeah. on in your head. Is how do I get them some small wins so I can build their confidence? So then they're asking for more instead of yeah. putting it on them. Like, oh, yeah, I'll take that over and right. then get and fail and fall and, flat on my face. And you're like, and to your point, you don't follow those four steps. Uh, they have a problem coming back and asking you too because they don't want to sound stupid. Right. They agree to they're it. Like, oh, God, I don't. 
Yep. Right. So then I just get paralyzed. And now my stress goes up because I know you're going to be asking me about it. And I haven't been able to figure it out yet. But I didn't want to bother you because you're busy. You know, right. and all that stuff starts to build up. And it, it, understanding what leadership means, that that is a leadership failure. That is not yeah. the idiot that works for you. That is a leadership failure. Uh, so you got to take ownership of that and do a process that's a little better that sets your people up to win and not to fail. Yeah, if you've had that failure and you're guilty of that one, would you do me a favor and say fail in the chat if you've failed at that one before? I certainly know I have and have had to learn that lesson. It's a hard lesson over and over and over again, and I get better at it every single time. Doug, you mentioned something at the very beginning. I want to make sure we talk about it here in the second half of the podcast is we talked about kind of what's the mindset behind people because I think this strategy of like, yeah, just implement this and get this done is really good and you got to put yourself in a spot that you can do it. But what's the mindset in your opinion that trips people up that gets them stuck, that they're just like, you know, I'd love to do this this way, but, and they kind of have a big block here. What in your mind is that mindset block that prevents them from getting this installed and implemented inside their salon? I think it's the hundred percent thing that it's gotta be, it, it's, as soon as I hand it over, it's gotta be at a hundred percent right off the bat. Uh, I yeah. think that stops people. So that's like one of our things we talk about, if we can get it to 80, great. Um, you know, and, and thing about this is it, you don't have to hand the whole thing off at once. It's not a zero sum game. It doesn't mean yeah. either I do all the social media or I give it to somebody to do all the social media. Right. right. You know, and so there again, it's not that hundred percent thing. It's like I can yeah. start giving pieces of it off. And right. if I can get them to 80% on the pieces and then every time I get to 80%, and like I said, the magic is, is whenever you allow it, because if you don't allow that process to happen, the magic of someone doing it better than you never happens. That's, right. that's a magical moment. I remember in, in you know, the several businesses I have, I know whenever those things happen, it is a very, first time it was weird. I'll just tell you, first time it was weird. I handed something <laughs> off. I, I realized, okay, wow, they're doing it better than I did it. So that was yeah. a little uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable for about a minute and then I got very comfortable. I was like, oh, that's a good thing. And so then right. so as that's happened more and more, get people doing everything because they have more time to focus on it. They're not focused on as many things as I am. And I wasn't doing it as well as I thought I was doing it. I was a little bit confused about my own abilities. Uh, and that's great when you raise people up, get them in a spot where they're really being able to excel in what they're able to do. Um, and yeah. they have the time to spend on it. Because you know, as with any company, the bigger you get, the more opportunities you have to specialize people in your company. Get people that specialize in this area, give the attention. When that happens, your whole machine starts to run better. And it's like when people get hung up in that part of like, that'd be a 100% thing, then you never get to that part where you're upgrading your whole business because you start to specialize areas of your business. This person right. can just do this person can just do that. And that really starts to ramp things up. And your job is just to make sure that you support all those people in the right way, help them get wins, help them grow. As the company grows, they can make more more money, and then their future is going to be amazing. Uh, like Mike McCallowitz says, your biggest job as an entrepreneur is to create jobs, yeah. not to take jobs away from people. That, that was a huge statement. Yeah, and I think this is the problem, Doug, is I think so many people in their business are wearing all of the hats, right? They're wearing all the hats and they're used to wearing all the hats and they're very judgy of people who do the other jobs and they just don't get that place. And so it's like, you feel so good about what it is that you're doing. You forget that other, you're actually like each one of those jobs, let's say you're wearing 10 hats. Your job is to slowly pass off one hat and another hat and another hat and another hat and another hat until you actually have a functional business. And I think the problem is, is a lot of people never get above passing off 
three to maybe five hats in their business. They get kind of that five, maybe seven, maybe even 10 employees. Then they get stuck at that 10 employee mark because it starts to get complicated. And what happens under 10 employees in most situations is you hire people that can get the job done, but that are not necessarily better than you. Okay. This is super important. You hire people who are not necessarily better than you. They're either the same as you, or maybe a little bit less of a performance than you. And then all of a sudden, in order to make that jump and that leap above 10, usually seven to 10 is kind of the mark where that ends up happening, is you've actually got to start hiring people who are better than you are at certain tasks. And that is such an ego check for most people, Doug, is they can't get past the fact that somebody else can actually do it better than them. And not just better because they're more available. I'm talking better because they have more skill in that area. And the hardest thing to do as an entrepreneur is, is like, it's easy to create a job if you're like, oh, well, that's a small job. I'm not very good at that one. Give that to somebody else. But if you're like, no, 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 that's a deficit in my business. And I'm going to hire somebody with a higher skill set than me who can manage and operate it. Because I go back to what we said up front is that if you're trying to figure out how to properly delegate a task, it can be difficult to delegate a task that you don't have a giant understanding of. Right. When you can't hand somebody a manual and a system and process, you're like, hey, I, I, I just got to trust. Go back to trust again. I just got to trust that you can get it accomplished for me that you can do it better than I can. And by the way, if you have some trust games that you need to work out in your business, would you do me a favor and comment with the word trust? I wanna know how many people are connecting to that specific concept. I think that is gonna be a huge difference. If you can really truly understand where the trust game gets played. It's really when you start to get above 10 employees, above 20 employees, all of a sudden you're at 40 or 50 employees. Like Doug, I mean, you guys have, you guys have, I don't know, 40, 50, 60 staff. I don't even know at this point. I think it changes all the time. What are you guys at roughly? We're right at, we're knocking on the door of 60 now in the salon company. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. I thought you guys were, you guys were pretty high up there. So like you're knocking on the door of 60. There's a lot of trust. Like your salon is running right now without you there. What the hell? Yeah, that's a lot of trust. And it's like, to be clear, in the beginning, you do have to wear all the hats. And hell like, yeah. It's very difficult to start where you have, you know, most people don't have the capital to hire in all the positions. You don't have the revenue to justify it. So once you start getting up there, you start handing those things off. I mean, that, that's the thing, you just the point, to your point of hiring people that can do it better, not just because they have time, because they have skill set, and then you just help grow them. Your job is to, how do I how do I facilitate their growth and their, because then that just adds fuel to the business, adds fuel to the fire, uh, and then amazing things start to happen. So I think that's, that's just the key to it. If people get hung up and want to hold on to everything, because I had to control it, yeah, you, you may have got burned a time or two because maybe you didn't follow the right process or you hired the wrong person. That's okay. I mean, it's like, you yeah, know, keep trying. Keep failing, failing your way up. Uh, I, if someone said that, I don't know who to give credit to that too, but I really like it. You keep failing your way up because you know, if you're not willing to fail, then you're not going to move up. You're going to stay stuck. So if you, if you're stuck, part of the reason may be, then I've some of the perfectionist, you know, control freak stuff is that you're not willing to actually fail a couple of times to upgrade right. the way you upgrade. And and this, you said it really well. You said you're not willing to fail. And I would add to that and say, you're not, you're also not willing to let others fail. Cause remember you had to fail to get to where you are a lot of times, but you're unwilling to allow other people to have the space to fail, to upgrade themselves as well. So just, it's really important is that you don't want to hold such a standard that they don't have the opportunity to fail, to learn. And I, I love that we're dealing with that on our team right now is I gave somebody a task and I'm like, I think they're going to fail this task or they, I might, I'm not sure if they're going to nail it on the first try. And like, they're, you know, they're in a spot where they're learning and they're failing. And I'm like, good, this is amazing. I'm excited. I'm celebrating your failure because 
now you know how hard it is or now you know uh what not to do and now and like all right great let's do it again and if you allow that space to be like a mistake is okay inside the business it is a game changer it will rebuild trust it will create all kinds of learning and if you really do understand that the game of entrepreneurship of building a large team that creates a lot of profit for you as a business owner is like learning to walk by delegating your jobs out to other people that will make you the most successful inside your salon company inside your business and that is what we're talking about today so if this was a really good show for you it was helpful do me a favor and leave us a comment and say what the most helpful thing was today and if you're like jason this resonated with me so hard we need to have a conversation about upgrading my team and getting me out of the way and stop making me a control freak because i know i am standing in the in the way would you do me a favor would you send me a private message and just say help and i'll know what you're talking about if you just send me the word help um, I'll know that you need some help. You want some support to grow your salon. We'll get you on the phone with our team and we'll figure out how we can start supporting you to grow your salon the way it needs to. And if if uh, if you're not ready for help yet, that's totally fine. I just hope you keep enjoying these shows and allow them to be this little whisper from Doug and I in your ear about how to become a better salon owner every friggin' day because the mission of the High Performance Salon Academy is to elevate the world's perception of the salon and spa industry by making you a better salon owner and a better leader every day. Thanks for joining the show today. I appreciate every single one of you. Thanks, Doug, for being on. Yep. Later, guys. Thanks. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Evo Revo podcast. Today's podcast was brought to you by SalonScale, allowing you to charge by what you know, not by what you feel. Please subscribe, leave us a review, and you can always get more information, including show notes and the video episodes at EvoRevoPodcast.com.